Hello, Fempreneurs! How's your January been so far? I hope you're kicking off 2021 with a lot of grace, a lot of appreciation for your resiliency and your perseverance. Because if you're still an entrepreneur in 2021, then you have something that not everyone has. You have grit, you have resilience, uh, hopefully you have a team of others like you. And today you're going to hear from my team, my incredible Fem Team girls. These are Fempreneur Marketing School graduates who took the next step into my mastermind group. And they are, they are absolutely my asset, my teammates, my um, behind the scenes magic. Uh, they're as much that to me as I am helpful to them. Um, they really have spurred me on, helped me have, find more clarity, helped me really hone into my purpose, um, just through the feedback and through the stuff that we talk about in our one-on-ones. So what I want to do today is really dive into the whole failure side of being an entrepreneur, because the word failure means different things to different people. And I don't want to get too deep here, but it really comes down to our childhood and how we were raised and the kind of stuff that we were exposed to as kids, the stuff we were fed, um, whether it was true or not, um, maybe it was true for others, but not for us. So we have to really understand how we view failure and how we learn from failure and how we use the those moments of, of failure. And of course the word failure, in, in my opinion, honestly, doesn't exist. There is no such thing as failing in the sense of you know, you got a failing grade in a class and now you have to redo it. Like the concept of failure really comes from, I think, our grade school years. And in my opinion, it's a bunch of bull. <laughs> so today's episode really dives into why those things that are perceived as failure by some should never be perceived as actual failure by us as entrepreneurs, because there are golden nuggets, super powerful, important valuable lessons in every single one of those situations where we realize that we're going to do it differently next time, or we realize that maybe we've let someone down or we could have done a better job if we realized this. So yeah, get your pens and uh, your, you know, your highlighters, your, your pen, your notebook, all your goodies out. We're going to dive into that today and you're going to hear from uh, my behind the scenes, amazing team, uh, my fem team girls. All right, let's dive in. Uh, what I'd like to talk about today is finding lessons in failure and fear setting. So what I mean by finding lessons in failure, because obviously I think as entrepreneurs, we have to kick that idea of failure being a negative thing right out the window. And we have to like literally just drop kick it like a football and be like, failure is a good thing. I only fail up. There's so many good lessons in the failures and the mistakes. And so on that note, um, we're going to treat our failures, you know, as a positive thing, as an experience that we, um, that we value, that we've gotten so much, you know, positive change from. Anyways, let's continue. So what I want to do is start the day with a little bit of just quiet time, three, four minutes of reflection in our notebooks. The, you can pull these stories from the marketing school. Remember the ones where we talked about um, our greatest challenges that we overcame. So maybe go back to that story if you're stumped on a new one, um, or maybe go in a completely different direction. I know that I've experienced some things that in the moment were really, really hard and really frustrating. And and I realized quite quickly that had I done things differently, I wouldn't be in that mess. 
but it was a lesson that I had to learn and it was better that I learned it at that time than later. So, um, for example, the story that I shared with all of you when I was working with my business coach and I ended up inviting him to help me work with a client. And the reason why we don't have a relationship anymore is because I didn't know how to structure that relationship um, with me being the chosen advisor from the client and then me charging the client the fee and then me you know, adding in the fee for my, my advisor, my business coach, who was, you know, 10 years ahead of me in the financial industry. And that, and because I didn't know how to do that, and my coach didn't have my best interests at heart, he was looking out for his financial, you know, gains. He then, of course, was like, well, I've done this a bajillion times. I'll, you know, go over here and send my bill to the client and you send your bill to the client. And ultimately it was, um, it was, it was a big mistake. And it was something that I, you know, I learned a lot from, but it was really hard and it resulted in severing a relationship that I thought I would have for a lot of years with a trusted advisor. Um, I be, I just felt very, I felt very vulnerable, very used, very, you know, inexperienced. And the person that I had brought in to help me not feel like that actually threw me under the bus. So I learned a lot from that experience you know, I've structured a similar situation since then, and I know how to do it now, thanks to that negative experience. But those are the kind of stories that I'm looking for, because I know that we've all experienced some stuff. And we don't want to wallow in it and feel like, oh, I failed, I'm such an idiot or whatever. We want to take the lessons and not only learn for ourselves, but share them with other fempreneurs. So that's really what I'm asking you all to do today. Is that okay if we take a few minutes and kind of go there? I know it's kind of a, almost a negative place to start our morning with, but I want to switch it really fast into the, the lesson that I learned um, and that I want to share with other entrepreneurs is, right? So if you can kind of distill it quite quickly to that. Lesson. And then if we can, um, of course, share this on the podcast, I think it'll be a great way to introduce all of you to more ladies and to have a bigger impact with our FEM team. So I'll give you a few minutes and uh, then we'll come back. All right. Um, so some stories, some lessons you want to share with other fempreneurs. Um, if you would like to share please unmute yourself and share away. Well, I can start. Um, one of the biggest failures I thought I had, and this is many, many years ago, was when I graduated from university and um, Oil Patch was in a slump. And so uh, there were no jobs out there. So I had to really hunt. And, um, and I found a job with a um, seismic company and I was making $200 less a month than I had as a secretary five years before that. <laughs> so I felt like, you know, I'd been in university for five years and I came out and I'm making less money than I did before that. I just felt like a complete failure, but it, it was actually the best thing that could have ever happened to me because um, I, I met people. I learned, I had to learn how to, um, forge my own path in, in my career and, and get what I needed when I needed it. And that was the best thing ever because man, I, I met so many people, I learned so much and I ended up having a, a really great career. So, you know, these things happen, but um, I, I truly believe things happen for a reason. And um, 
and and that you know it it was it turned out to be the best thing ever really can you share a little more of the reasons why it turned out to be the best thing ever like was it people you met was it skills you learned like all of the above like what were some of the specific things that you would have missed out on had you been like i'm not making 200 dollars a month less <laughs> It, it was all of the above. It was the, um, the skills I learned. Um, it was the people I met, people who became lifelong friends, um, you know, people who became my uh, fans, I guess you could say, and um, who I could always, you know, count on to support me throughout um, my career. It was just, yeah, everything about it was actually a good thing, really. Did it in any way set you up for the next phase of your career, the next chapter of your career? Like, did you definitely? Yeah, I learned the skills that I learned in those first few years um, were the reason I was able to get into the position I really wanted, you know, a few years later and and then continue from there. Right. So it was just yeah, I learned so many great um, skills that I was able to carry on and um, and, and what and the skills that people really respected me for right okay yeah what was the position that you really wanted <laughs> i really wanted to be in a big oil company working for you know as as an an actual um interpreting geophysicist and um but the skills i learned to to, to get there were perfect absolutely perfect because it, it helped me yeah so is that what you would say, an interpreting geophysicist? Yeah. Cool. That's a great story. Mm -hmm. Great story. Thank you for sharing that. Debbie, don't be shy, ladies. Tell us. Tell us. Um, <laughs> mine actually was, I guess I have two, but the one that sort of propelled me into this career that I'm in now was I was laid off from what I thought was my dream job um, a week before I had my second daughter. So I had come out to Calgary. I had my first daughter. I got a job in human resources. I was a generalist and I loved it. And it was what I thought I was going to do for the rest of my life. Um, and we had, um, my youngest daughter just as the economy thought it'd be fun to start declining and jobs were limited and um, having only worked there for a short amount of time uh, I didn't have the job to return to because a there they didn't have to and b there was no money to have me come back necessarily um, and on that day and that week um, at 37 weeks pregnant, the emotions were very high, um, to say the least. I didn't know what it felt like to lose your job, like, period. You've never been let go? No. So on top of everything else, I had those emotions to deal with. Mm. Luckily, it was short-lived because um, we had my daughter at 38 weeks pregnant, so she came quite quickly. But because of that and not having a job to jump into when we came, when I was done mat leave, it forced me to find that resilience and find something else to do to support our family. And that worked out better for supporting our family. So it forced you to be resilient and start your business? Yeah. It took time to like figure out what that business was going to be, but it 
that was the propelling piece to it. Awesome. Yeah. Similar story to mine, as you know, getting fired is all, all uh, is always, I think, the course correction we need. <laughs> um, you know, some could say, oh, well, you know, for me, I got let go because I wasn't making enough money for the investment firm, right? I wasn't selling enough stuff. And um, do I ever look back and wish I would have sold more and, and been more of a bulldog? No. I don't because as soon as I left that place, I was making way more money from less assets from the clients that moved their things with me. Right. So it was like a clear indicator that the problem wasn't what I was doing. It was definitely how I was being compensated and where that money was going that I was bringing in because it was going to pay for a fancy office that I didn't need because I switched to working from home. And it, yeah, so it's just interesting how we all of a sudden realize that we can earn money and more of it can actually, you know, stay with us if we're our own boss. And yeah, it can be harder, but it's so worth it, right? As, and, and now that we have a team of women to share their, their failure <laughs> and learnings with us, um, I think it gets easier and easier as we go down the path. So, and yeah, thanks Allison and Debbie for sharing. Uh, I'd love to hear a few more if you ladies are comfortable sharing. I'll jump in. Um, so I launched my organizing business almost five years ago in January uh, during the start of the recession, like Allison. <laughs> and people really didn't know what professional organizing was, what we did. <clears throat> and it was a really tough market. So I wasted so much time and money on stupid marketing stuff. And can I get some examples of that? Oh my gosh, like take this marketing class and you'll be able to increase your income by this much and change your, you know, change this and change. Basically it was all change, change, change. And I lost sight of like me. And so I, it just wasn't working, but I, I couldn't fail this position. Like I had to make this work because this job covers my daughter's tuition and you all know she has some special learning disabilities and her tuition is like $20,000 a year because the Alberta school board can't teach her. So we actually get a discount because they put it in writing. <laughs> so actually, so um, there's like no option. I had to make this work. And so I got so caught up though on, yeah, I can't even, I just got caught up on to be successful. You have to be, meet be here and yeah anyways so what I did was I just was about to give up and I then I was like I can't I can't give up like I this has to work <laughs> like Allison you you need to make money for your family right and so I just went back to being my authentic self I started doing Facebook lives I just really made created my niche in terms of I am a child and youth care worker. I've helped families for 20 years and I'm a really good organizer. And so I can bring my education and my practice, like my knowledge and my passion for organizing into more of my niche and more of me. Like that's going to be who I am. That's my branding. And then through that, I was able to meet Debbie and Noreen and the ladies from POC, and they then connected me to you ladies. 
and it's really been pivotal because I have five years of content from all these stupid marketing classes <laughs> that I did nothing with. And now I'm creating, thanks to you guys, like really great content that is, I feel really good about and that's going to help people. And uh, at the end of the day, as long as I can cover my daughter's tuition, and it might never be that I get a GST number because I never make over $30,000, but that's okay because I have a full-time job. Um, this is literally to pay for my daughter's education. So um, as long as I make that 20 grand, which I have been able to do for the past three years wow. during a recession and even during COVID, I'm, I'm very close to, like I can't believe what I've made already this year during COVID. Um, and that's also thanks to my 31 company because I'm able to sell organizing products and help people get organized differently. So I'm able to kind of blend and pivot. So that failure of basically throwing money down the drain, being frustrated, my husband going, you're supposed to make money, not lose money. Like, what are we doing? And, um, but then because I had all these, uh, write-offs because my business kept failing uh it actually helped us pay for jada's tuition because we got these big tax returns <laughs> so awesome. so failure although yeah so for me the failure was okay so i didn't make money but the tax write-offs actually helped us cover her tuition and then just again being reminded that i just need to be me like mm -hmm. stop trying to change and fit into someone's version of success because I need to be kind and acknowledge I am successful and I'm balancing like being a mom, working that mom guilt. Um, and it's okay. Like, yeah. Awesome. I love the, I love the, the importance, the, the stress of the importance um, of learning from doing things the wrong way for a while. Right. Because mm -hmm. then we know this, we know how that feels and we know what that looks like. If we don't, we, we, yeah, we just truck along and, and think that because others are telling us that it's right, that it is right, but really it just doesn't feel right. But until you feel that thing that feels right, <laughs> you just don't know. So that's great. And I love that you just learned that it like just be me, just share my stuff, share who I am, where I'm at, why I care. That's fantastic. Yeah, I think we can all relate to, to um, you know, trying to learn from like marketing gurus, um, you know, these quick and easy tips and tricks. And yeah, so I think we've all been there. That's a really great story. Thanks, Colette. And congrats on pushing through and for um, being such a super mom and paying for your daughter's tuition. That's amazing. That's really amazing. All right. Anyone else? I hope there's more. This is so good, guys. Um, I can go next. Okay. Lisa. Uh, yeah. You might have heard the story before, Lindsay, but I'm not sure if the other ladies have. So um, I think for me, one of the biggest lessons I've learned in terms of business, I could kind of view it as a failure, but it's I, I really have always viewed it as a lesson, is it kind of starts from um, realizing that working with family is not always the right thing to do when it comes to your own business. Mm. Like, so starting um, a business with a family member, you mean like, no, not starting a business, but having your family as a client. Right. So 
I can kind of explain the background a bit. So my younger sister, um, what I had done was um, she had her first baby and I was just starting really getting into photography at that point. So she had hired a newborn photographer before she knew I was starting my business at that point. And then kind of through all of that, I ended up doing like her maternity photos. I did some newborn photos and then I had set it up to do photo, like the um, milestone photos of her daughter that first year. So I did three months, six months, nine months, and then one year. And I, I didn't charge her. I didn't ask for anything. Um, I kind of took it as fun experience and I'll, I'll learn how to like create and do all these things. And then uh, she got pregnant with her second baby and the, the same thing, but because I had had more experience um, and she hadn't hired any other photographers in the past, I just, and we had talked about me doing her newborn photos. And so I bought a ton, like over this time I had bought lots of stuff and props and, and things to do photos with for her while making no money. Like she didn't pay me anything. And then, yeah, so I, had, I did her newborn photos. And then one night I was scrolling on Facebook and I saw another photographer sharing a sneak peek of her newborn photos. So she had gone behind my back and hired somebody else while I was doing free work for her. And she didn't bother to tell me. And it really broke me because I felt betrayed and um, like I had invested all of this time and money into doing things for her for free and she didn't value it enough to follow through with me. Um, and then when I confronted her about it, my sister's just, her personality was, she's very good at, at um, turning things back around. So I confronted her and she managed to turn it back around and it, it, it ended up being a big thing for us and our relationship. It's never been the same actually. Wow. But one of the biggest lessons I learned from that was that I can't, I can't get my worth and my confidence from somebody else. Because at that point, I had felt like every time I delivered a gallery, every time I did anything, I was so stressed and so nervous about people liking it. And I was getting my value, my worth from, from others. And I realized I had to get to a point where I was happy and confident in my own skills and my own ability and the, the own product I was delivering without having a response back from other people because that does actually happen quite often. You could deliver a gallery and then I don't hear anything. I don't hear if they're happy or not happy. Like it's, I sometimes get absolutely no response from people and that's just how it is. But I've learned <clears throat> that as long as I'm happy with the product I'm delivering, it doesn't matter what people are really thinking on the other end, unless they're extremely unhappy. <laughs> I think that's a different story, but if there's no response or very little response, if I believe I'm delivering a quality product and I know that the photos that they're getting are good, then I don't need to find extra validation 
in their response all the time. And I was able to build more confidence in myself through the, the whole experience. Wow. No, that's a really powerful story. I remember the first time you told me that I was like, whoa, I can see something like that happening, you know, even with my sister or my brother and I. So yeah, that's good. That's hard. Yeah. And I mean, I get why she did it, but it was the fact that she went behind my, she wanted the same, right? She wanted the same because she had done that, that photographer's photos for newborn and mine. She wanted the same thing, but it was the hiding it, right? That was the. Yeah. And I definitely, um, however, I'm thinking kind of back to the part where you you bought equipment and supplies and things like that. And I don't know how many of you have ever built a program or prepared for something you thought was going to happen and you maybe made an investment to make that happen. And then the event falls through or the client cancels or something happens. And now you've got this investment that you've made and you're like, Oh, but then like a week or two later, someone else hires you or you needed it. And you're like, thank God. Like, has anyone had that happen before? The universe totally sets you up for awesomeness, but at the moment it feels like a failure. Yeah. I don't know, Lisa, did you feel like that at all when you bought your gear and stuff and kind of got ready and then you didn't need it for a little longer than you thought you would or? Um, I, at this point, I haven't feel like I've gotten a return back on that investment. You still don't? No. Oh, wow. Interesting. Well, let us know when you do. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I just, I mean, I've done a lot, I've done a lot of babies and, and stuff, but I, I haven't used a lot of the stuff that I, cause it was stuff bought. From the conversations that you two had. Yeah. And I, I think part of it is part of it all was, I thought too, it would help lead me to other people through her circle of friends and the people that she knew who were starting to have babies and all that kind of stuff. I thought it would, it would be also an opportunity for me to gain clients. Right. Right. And not one have I ever gotten from all of that. So, Mm. but there was a lot I learned from it and yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I know that kind of stuff is really hard to share. So thank you. I agree. Working um, with family is, is not really a thing. It's funny because, you know, even lately I've been seeing my sister and her fiance have been opening up their business up North and I know that they're dabbling in some different marketing things. Like never once have they asked me for anything like no, no help, no advice. And sometimes you kind of think, Oh, well, you know, you guys know what I do. Like, you know, that I could help you and at least give you a little bit of, you know, maybe even just like a little checklist or something. But, um, but then on the other hand, I think, oh, I don't want to do the family thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to ever be associated with maybe their disappointment or their, you know, like, well, I don't know, that didn't work or I don't think that's right. Or like, you just don't even want to go there with family, right? Mm-hmm. So part of me is kind of like, no, I'm glad they're, they're staying over there doing their own thing. So yeah. Anyways, thanks for sharing. Um, anyone else? I'm just going to fill in here for a second while the next person gets their story ready. (laughs) Um, So a couple of the things that I I put in my first book, my Money in the 39 Forever Mom book, um, were some of the biggest financial uh, pain points that I had. I'm sure a lot of you can relate to this. Um, So a big part of the reason why I accepted the position at Edward Jones was because I really felt like we didn't know anything about money coming out of high school. Like we just didn't learn stuff. And a lot of our families, I know mine, 
you know, they were like, get a good job with a pension. And that was like literally all I ever heard. And I was like, I don't even know what a pension is. Like, you know, I just, I didn't know any of that stuff. So for me, um, a couple of things I've learned since becoming a business owner and I've learned the hard way is, you know, overspending on non-necessities actually has a negative impact on my business. Because in those months when I think I need, you know, some new purses or a new pair of shoes or, uh, you know, an extra little vacation I hadn't planned on. And then I get an opportunity to invest in my business, whether it be a conference and we're not doing a lot of those now, um, could be a bunch of swag that I want to buy. Um, that's money that could have been funneled into my business or could have stayed in my business account. And, and then instead it like, so basically I've just learned to be more cognizant of like having an actual rolling list of the things that I want. And then always looking at that list of the things that I want for my business to produce more income and looking at that list before I buy non-necessities. And I'm not sure. Um, I mean, I could probably tell you a bajillion stories about situations like that, but anyways, that's one of the big ones that I've learned the hard way. And I'm, Oh, I'm definitely not perfect at it, but I'm always getting better and better at being more um, intentional with my money because I love, you know, I love showering with fempreneurs with, prizes and presents and things like that. Um, so the next one, and this is definitely um, also something that negatively impacted my business, um, is not having an emergency fund of three to six months of basic needs in a bank account that's not invested. This is one of the things that I always advise people to do when I'm working with them um, and teaching them about their money, because I felt the impact. Um, and it was actually Dave Ramsey on, uh, Dave Ramsey, is that his name? right? Yes. Dave Ramsey, uh, his book, um, can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, the total money makeover. He walks people through in that book, some basic money principles. And the one big one that I was like, Oh my gosh, I've been failing at that forever. And I didn't even realize it was that when you have an emergency, you go to the credit cards, if you can't afford it, right? If you have a big vehicle breakdown, big expense, um, if you're a homeowner and you need to put money into your house, something like that, that's big and you're not ready for it it usually results in credit card debt. And he's like, if you have three to six months of expenses saved, um, you can usually look to that for bridging the gap. If you know, there's a job loss or if there's a contract that falls through in your business owner, or what have you. So that's been um, a really life-changing one. Again, I'm not perfect at it, but having that, that um, set aside, it also has a, a positive impact on my business when I don't have to turn to, to money that was supposed to go to invest, be invested in my business. And I don't have to like, put that into brakes for the vehicle or, you know, a new window in the house or whatever it may be. Right. So, um, those are a couple other things. Um, not really great stories, I guess, but things that have really been important that I wish I would have learned a long time before I did. <laughs> Does anyone else have a, a still a, a story to share? I will. I don't, I don't know if it's a failure or just a, I stayed in a shared space longer than I should have because for my business, because I didn't think I could afford a bigger place or to go out on my own so that I wasn't within that shared space. There was a lot of brand confusion as to what was going on. And, you know, people didn't know I was there and, um, I, I was just, I was just afraid. So that held me back from growing my business. And, um, since I've done it, it's been 
probably one of the best things I could have done for my business just because, you know, I'm in a bigger space. Yes, it costs more money, but guess what? I'm paying for it, right? Like I'm, so for me, I think I was afraid of being on my own too. I'd always been, I started off at home and then I went into a sports store and then I went into a shared space. So I hadn't ever really been by myself, like as a standalone. And uh, it really held me back. And now I see it's one of those, you know, hindsight 2020. If I had done it sooner, maybe things would have grown quicker. And then, you know, joining the YYC Fempreneur Marketing um, six-week course and then moving into this, it's just, I feel like in a short amount of time, I've made some big gains and um, I know I have lots more to learn and uh, yeah, just despite, you know, COVID and everything else, I'm finally starting to kind of move forward again and yeah, it's been really good. Wow. I'm sure you look at your numbers, you know, every month or every quarter. So you notice that the income rose to the level of what you needed to be in that solo space. Like it would literally the numbers met each other, like more. Yes. Yeah. I think it just, like I said, the big thing was, I think people were, they didn't know how to find me mm-hmm. and they were confused. Yeah. It just having my own big signage and, you know, in a more visible, well-trafficked area, just it's worth that investment. And I was just afraid that I couldn't do it. And I mean, I, yeah, I'm more than, I'm more than doing it now. And it just, I was terrified when I first moved in. What if, what if, what if, and now it's more like, well, why not? So, you know, I'm like everyone else. I've done the you think something big is coming down the pipe, you invest money in it, whether it's in product Mm -hmm. um, or classes or whatever, and it may not work out, but you always learn something from it. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes, like you said, it's the money lesson that, you know, I shouldn't have spent that much. There is no quick fix. Right. But, um, and I think every once in a while we'll make those mistakes and then, hopefully just make them smaller ones and less of them. Definitely. And it, yeah, again, like, yeah, the failure mistakes word. I know that doesn't sit well with a lot of people. They're like, there's no such thing as mistakes. There's no such thing as failure. And I do agree. However, I also know that there's so many lessons in it and we got to call them something. So those are the words we yeah, call them. Exactly. Yeah, the hard lessons. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that Shannon. All right, so now I just want to switch gears for a few minutes and do another little session of journaling. Um, We all have fears, things we're afraid of. We have things we want to do and maybe similar to Shannon, we want to take a big leap in a direction. We want to make a cold call to somebody that we've heard of is somebody we should talk to. Um, We want to create a program. We want to write a book. We want to do something that we know is going to be well, maybe we don't know, but we're fairly sure it's going to be big for a business, but something's holding us back. So what, this is something that Tim Ferriss calls fear setting. So it's like goal setting, but it's fear setting. It's like writing down the fears, what they kind of stem from or trying to figure out what they stem from. And often we need help with this. Um, and then staring that in the face and, and actually playing it out 
if this actually happens, this bad thing that I'm afraid of actually happens, how bad is that really? Kind of playing that out. So I'd like you to, first of all, write down something you want to do, something that's, that's, you know, maybe been on the to-do list for a while and explore what's holding you back from doing that. If there is some fear associated there and trying to dig into it, maybe you, you won't be able to, that's okay. Um, but just really try all right, if anyone has something they would like to share, that'd be awesome. Um, I'm just gonna quickly, before we go into this, read our mission statement. Um, so I know you all know what this is, but I, just, I feel like now is a good time to just come back to it. So creating purposeful change by passionately learning, sharing, and leading. And I know that's a common goal that we all have. Um, and often, you know, I feel like Shannon's business is so unique from all of ours, but I know that that's still a big part of what you're doing, Shannon, and you're learning, you're sharing, and you're leading in your, through your business, um, just in different ways than we are. <laughs> and that's awesome. And um, yeah, so coming back to that mission statement for Fem Team and for this community um, is, is really just when we, when we are set on creating purposeful change by passionately learning, sharing, and leading, we have to do big, bold, scary things. So I'd really like for you to share some of those big, bold, scary things that you want to do and, um, and what you're afraid of right now so that we can help you potentially, or you can even just help yourself, but you know, sometimes saying something out loud, you kind of resolve it yourself um, to kind of help you bust through that fear and get you to that place where you're doing more learning, more sharing, more leading and having that maximum impact. So, um, who would like to share? I can share. Because I think one of the things um, directly raised for me right now is actually something that I'm working on. So it kind of goes hand in hand. Um, my husband's been encouraging me for the last two years to reach out to other preschools to do their photos. And I've always just been like, yeah, yeah, like I'll, I'll do that at some time. But I decided this year that I actually was going to do that so I'm I'm working on it I'm still working through some of the the fear part of it because I'm I've never really done a lot of the cold calling type stuff so I, I'm it does scare me and because um, of the biggest for me I'm worried that if someone says no it reflects on me as a person as opposed to it mean like that's it. That's where my mind goes. But they're saying no to me, to me, as opposed to just saying no to the business right now. So I'm working on kind of reorganizing my thoughts that way. So. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you feel like superwoman when you bust through that fear and and really, I hope I'm not, it sounds terrible, but I really hope the first person says no to you just so you can get that out of the way. Cause as soon as <laughs> no, you're going to be like, Oh, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, okay. I'm not afraid of that anymore. At least I think that's what will happen, but who knows? Um, well, and sometimes the fear of the unknown is actually bigger than the fear of actually doing it. Like and once you do it and you sort of send out your cold call email or whatever it is, then it'd be like, oh, that was so easy. Why have I not been doing that for the last two years? Because yeah. all you can do is ask, but it's also that scary thing. And I'm in the same point, right? It's like, you're seeing all these people who are pregnant and it's trying to like, be like, how do I generate 
business. And then I finally did it last week. I was part of a market. So I offered a couple of people a free 30 minute call or a half price 30 minute call. And a whole bunch of people took it me up on the offer. So it's like, oh, all I had to do was offer something and then they take it. Right. Yeah. So it does help. Yeah. Awesome. And I know you can do it, Lisa. Thank you. Fantastic. Okay. Well, uh, thanks Lisa for sharing that. I think it's already paid off. Allison. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyone else have a, a fear setting sort of whatever they can share? <laughs> I, I do. Um, I want to sell online some a product related to my business for other business people and I cannot for the life of me decide what to sell or how to sell it there's so many things so I worry so much about that that I just don't do it but I think there's an opportunity for me to at least I think I, I at least have to try it because I'm always going to wonder so um like it could be to other people in the industry like maybe it's blanks or supplies I don't know I just can't decide and so I never move forward with it blanks or supplies okay I, I'm okay tell me more I'm confused so like I buy as an embroiderer I buy thread I buy backing I buy all kinds of stuff and I'm constantly sourcing from oh. there's no one company that I source from okay um or since crafting is such a big Thing, especially during and post COVID, um, all those crafters, right. like they just go to Michael's and buy their supplies. And I think I can offer the same or better product at better prices. I don't know if it's just too big of an undertaking or I, I'm looking, I want to add some kind of passive isn't the word, but that's kind of what I'm thinking. It's not, won't be passive. There'll be a lot of work involved, but I guess another stream of income. Gotcha. Yeah. Got but I'm just, I, I just don't even know where to start. Okay. So I guess it sounds like you're a little bit afraid it won't be passive. It'll be work, right? a lot of work that you don't have time for. Yeah. Or maybe I'm looking at it totally wrong and I should look at another stream I don't know right but I want to add yeah yeah so basically monetize the work you do sourcing product not just from that one client that's asking you to source that product you're yeah yeah well and that's what I'm thinking because I know I know everything that I need to do my embroidery work for example and yeah there's I bet you I buy from six different companies. Right. Because of price availability and, you know, cost to ship and all that stuff. Right. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I think that's a brilliant idea. We're, we're definitely going to be talking about that. I did set up a Shopify store for a client and, uh, and it was beautiful because um, people were able to, to just order stuff and have it shipped out. So if we can, get something like that going for you that is similar then that would be great because if it's fully automated and you don't have to do anything and everything goes shipped directly from that company to the client and you just take your cut 
um, but it's hosted on your website then. I mean, it's, it's possible. It's possible. Yes, maybe that's what I hadn't thought about that aspect that making that one platform where everything's connected and people go to that one site. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I think it's possible. I guess it just depends on those companies that you're sourcing from and whether or not they'd be willing to, to partner with you on that, to kind of cut you out of it from a work standpoint and just mm -hmm. pay you for sending you basically pay you for sending them to them, sending your clients and your website visitors to that company to buy whatever it may be. So I think it's more of an affiliate links thing than anything. Mm -hmm. Anyways, we'll explore it for sure. So I had a big aha moment because this is my second week that I have not met my goals. I've been really great at helping my accountability partners meet theirs. And I was trying to figure out, okay, this is a pattern I have. Like, what is it? What is the fear? And so I figured it out that I value like helping others, which I knew because with COVID, I really struggled with my mental health when I wasn't able to help others organize and you know, get set up. It was a real struggle. And so what I realized was when I help others, I don't have to focus on me uh. <laughs> and meeting my goals. Um, because my, that my need of helping others has been met. So my cup is full, but it doesn't help me move or grow my business. So I have actually, put it in my sticky notes. I have it in my phone. I actually um, chunked out two hours for the next month and I have to like no more excuses, get that ebook done. Like it's done. Like you've proofed it once Lindsay. Like I just, it's so close to being done so that I was just like, what is it? What is it? And it's the fear of failure. Like, okay, so I do all this work. And like Allison said, you, you put it out with your like marketing and and no one says yes right so i have done so many workshops and showed up and no one came i have you know did a pub thing and the pub people felt so bad they gave they didn't make me pay for my appy or my drink <laughs> so i think i'm just really fearful of just putting all that work into it and no one no one takes it right right that's my fear that's awesome. And that's what's holding me back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then if you focus on other people's stuff, at least you're getting that instant feeling of success from just knowing you've helped them. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is my world also. <laughs> There's so many things I need to do and I'm like, but it's so much funner and easier to just help other people. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Thank you for sharing that. Hey, Fempreneurs, Lindsay Berry here again. Thank you so much for listening to the Fempreneur Marketing Podcast. Uh, I'm sure you've noticed we've recently uh, chosen a different song, a little tune for you, uh, something a little more upbeat. And I want to shout out to my amazing Fempreneur Marketing Podcast producer, Megan Casenzo. You can learn more about her at casenzomedia.com. She's a videographer. She just wrote a book. It hit uh, the bestsellers list on Amazon early January 2021. Um, learn more about her and if you have a podcast in mind if you want to get into you know sharing your voice and the voices of those around you on a podcast she's someone to talk to about how to get that going um, so again thank you for taking this time to invest in yourself um, you will be so glad you did I hope you have some incredible notes and some aha moments written down from today's episode 
Uh, I also hope that you took away from this, uh, this episode that you are enough. You are enough as you are. You are amazing as you are. You probably have that gift slash curse that we all have as entrepreneurs that you don't celebrate your wins enough. So I hope you did write down some of the amazing things you've made happen recently. And I just hope that you've given yourself some grace to, um, to, you know, to not be perfect and to enjoy those moments of learning that could be perceived as failure by some, but you of course don't perceive them as failure. You perceive them as valuable lessons learned and ways that you're now going to improve your life and the lives of others. If you want to learn more about how you can get ongoing live and interactive education led by actually a lot of the girls you heard from today on my fem team and myself, as well as other experts in the field of marketing and leadership, go to fempreneurland.com. That is where you can find out about our online community that we launched in January, 2021. And um, yeah, and if you want a more intense live experience with me, you can learn alongside uh, eight to 10 other women in Femprinter Marketing School, which is a six week marketing school experience led by me. And that is also at femprinterland.com. Thanks for listening. And thanks for sharing this podcast with your Femprinter friends and any woman you know who has a business in her mind, in her heart, And uh, if she just needs that little bit of help getting it going, I think this is going to be the podcast that will help her do it. So thanks for sharing it with her and we'll see you real soon. 